1: Welcome to your Extraordinary Life by Design, where each week we will dive into tips and strategies on how to incorporate strong self-care habits, which will help you create, design, and sustain the life you want to live with confidence, grace, ease, and flow, and one where you can wake up to each morning with gratitude. Hi, I'm your host, Leslie Godet, Mindset and Emotional Awareness Coach for Women. If you want to create healthy habits to support your overall well-being so that you can avoid the burnout, people-pleasing, stop chasing after perfectionism, avoid comparison syndrome, and chasing after every magic pill, then you're in the right place because these are some of the things we will cover as the weeks go by. So I hope that you're ready to take back your life. Let's get started.
2: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Your Extraordinary Life by Design. I'm your host, Leslie, and I'm really excited to be continuing my By the Grace of God Soul Talk series for this month of February. Today, we continue our series with the beautiful Madison Tanner Hunter-Clark. Madison's an international bestselling author in the book, Becoming an Unstoppable Woman, where 25 authors share mindset strategies to live your best life. And also has become a global movement to inspire women to be confident, to speak their truth, and live their best lives. And most recently, she co-authored another book with nine authors called Me Too But Never Again, which is a book that is meant to show women that they are not alone and can feel supported no matter where they find themselves in their journey through life. When she was 18, she moved to New York City for her undergraduate in media, culture, and the arts. There, she worked as a stage manager for several off-Broadway productions and spent most of her time at a local doggy daycare, which her now new venture, Desert Pubs, is inspired by. Upon graduation, she moved to Las Vegas to go full throttle into her writing and social media career. Now, Madison has her own writing company where she helps bloggers, marketing agencies, and influencers with their copy to continue writing their own books. Her dog, Daycare, is now open, where she currently resides in Phoenix, Arizona, with her fur baby, Hollywood, who's probably on the screen right now, if you could, if you could see us. But she <laughs> is on screen. She's making an appearance because without, uh, when Hollywood is not with her mama, she is not happy. No, so let's the mama isn't either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's talk to this beautiful lady. Welcome, Madison. It's so lovely to have you on today.
3: Hi Leslie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. This is I'm so excited for what this podcast is going to be and especially the series. So, I'm just I'm just very honored to be part of it.
2: Yeah, well, I'm so glad that you are that you decided that you had some time to share with us. Now, you and I we had a short chat a little while ago. We had a little bit of a chance to to catch up and talk about your life and I'd like to explore that with you further. Um so with that being said, let's Tell us about your journey, your story, if you will, and how you happened on what you're doing today, which is in this beautiful location where you are now, and how through your faith you've been building an extraordinary life for you, your beautiful dog, Daisy, the people you serve, and this new venture of Desert Pups.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like, just like anybody who's... Um, you know, explored their faith in any kinds of depth. It's been rocky and turbulent, and um, yeah, mine's just like that as well. So, my family household has always been a family of believers, but never churchgoers. Um, often we'd go to church whenever it's just the holidays, and we were just like the holiday Christians and all that. And um, it wasn't really until my um, stepbrother, he's ten years older than me started to really get into church and discover his faith more so whenever he graduated high school. so I was about eight at the time, eight or nine at the time. And um once he started really going full throttle into that and discovering who he was through Christ, it kind he was I wanted to emulate what he stood for. and with that in the back of my head, I decided to go to a Christian college, um, when I was 18 years old, because I just, I just wanted to make my brother proud. I wanted to show him that I'm following in his footsteps and I'm going to be a godly woman. And I'm going to have the, the life that God wants me to have all because my brother really, uh, pushed me towards that. Um, but what I wasn't expecting was the, different types of Christians that I came in contact with during this journey. So my college is in New York uh, and yet it's still in New York city, downtown near wall street. And it was not the New Yorkers that I was afraid of the most It was actually the, my fellow students and people that I was around constantly. Um, It was just a very cliquish type of community. It felt like it's a small college in general, But um, it just seemed like everybody knew somebody from somewhere because their father is a pastor and they're well-known or their mom wrote a book about religion and just things that I was just completely unfamiliar with. I just, at at that point, I knew the basics. I, I knew about Jesus and I knew about certain stories in the Bible, but I was never really taught that. And it's just because we didn't go to church. I didn't want to. So my mom didn't push it. And so, um, and that, and that's fine. That's fine for some families. Um, but when I really tried to discover my faith, it was really put to the test, um, amongst peers who kind of ridiculed myself and my upbringing, uh, because of my lack of understanding of Christianity And we had some courses about the Bible and um, they were split up between Old Testament and New Testament. And the Old Testament class was my favorite. And then I actually got the best grade in all of college in that course. And I remember my professor on the very first day, he said, okay, whoever has not read the Old Testament front to back, back to front, please raise your hands. And I'm like, oh, I have it. Just very nonchalant. Like, oh, that's me. And um, everyone in the class started snickering towards me. they started kind of rolling their eyes. Like, how could you have not read the Old Testament? How have you not read the Bible front to back? And I just Mm -hmm. kind of slouched down in my seat was like the stereotypical, the high school movie and (laughs) kind of moment. And he was like, I remember he said this clear as day you all laugh now, but watch, she will have the highest grade in this entire class. And I was like, oh gosh, now you have standards on me. I'm scared now. But all that to say is because he, I was essentially a fresh canvas to work with and how we studied the Bible was as a piece of literature, not necessarily as a piece of religion and religious history. Um, it was just a piece of literature in that um in that class. And that's how we could convey it to have a better understanding of it whenever we do want to share the gospel with other people. And sure enough, I had one of the best grades in the class at the end of the semester, Um, all because everyone else didn't want to let go of their own belief systems. And they wanted to argue back of what this and that was. And it was was awesome for me in the sense of like, my professor really pushed me and believed in me um, whenever everyone else uh, really just kind of stuck their tongue out at me and dismissed me. And that story is pretty much an analogy for the rest of my college career. And I graduated college early, so I didn't have to deal with them anymore. Uh, cause I was so done with that school. And so for a long time, I was a little lost on my journey just because I was just like, if I'm a Christian and I'm still Like very, I feel like I'm very accepting of other people and very open to other people. Why is it that other Christians have such a hard time accepting me? Um, And I luckily found my tribe whenever I was in college as well. I found amazing women and men that are still my friends to this day that I know are going to be in my wedding one day. They're going to be the aunts and uncles to my children one day. Um, But there was it was a few of them it's an, i by no means had a lot of friends and that's okay quality over quantity for sure and so my battle really began in college um trying to discover myself through christ and i've always kind of looked at christ as he he'll get to you when he when he'll get to you <laughs> kind of ordeal And I just kind of accepted the fact that maybe I'm just not as important as someone with cancer or someone going through a divorce or anything like that. Like people who actually have these big needs and wants. And um, it wasn't until I moved out to Vegas after college when I started to go to church every Sunday, I started, I went to a mega church out there and I really loved it. I had a good time there. But I wasn't really sinking my teeth into it. I was just trying to be inconspicuous. I just I sat in the very back at the edge of the pew every service, so I could be the last one in there and the first one out. And as much as I appreciate what they did for me then, it wasn't an I wasn't doing enough myself. Um, fl- uh, flash forward a few years, and I'm back in my home state of Arizona. And this church that I have passed by for the past two and a half years has a sign out front that I somehow, for some reason, saw. And I was like, hmm, interesting. I should probably get back into church. I should probably start church church shopping again. So I went off to my nail appointment that I was off to, like I typically was, almost every other week. And I looked at the church, saw their times, and went to my first service. And I have never felt so loved, so understood, and so represented as I call myself more of a modern Christian because I'm not out here like thumping a Bible upside people's head. And I still, I curse sometimes like I'm still a human being, but I'm not going to project that onto anybody and make anyone try to be better than what I even am (laughs) and be critical in that regard. And so um they're just they were just like me and they're human beings with human tendencies. And we were born into a sinful world, and we all understand that, and we're not trying to make anyone perfect, we're just trying to make people be loved. Like we just want to laugh and love with everybody. And uh my church living word really saved me and my faith for sure. And from the moment I started there, my aunt went into kidney failure and I was like, Hey guys, I know I've only been to one service, um, but I need prayer for my aunt. She's in kidney failure. We don't know how long she has. The next day the doctor calls me and said, Hey, you can come pick up your aunt now. I'm just like, like her body, (laughs) uh, what's going on? He's like, Nope. It's gone. It, it's just gone. And I was just like, that's that you don't just get rid of kidney failure, you go on dialysis or, or you die. like what's going on? And he was like, Well, if you're a Christian, I'm going to tell you it was all God, but if you're not, I'm just going to say it's a coincidence. And I was just like, oh, I had I had the congregation praying over my aunt. okay, That's strange. Three days later, my grandmother passes away. and so I was the one in charge of getting all of my distant family into Michigan uh, and trying to figure out funeral plans. while well, my mom's figuring out the funeral plans in Michigan, I'm trying to get everyone else to Michigan and did that effortlessly and flawlessly and as inexpensive um, as we could. I got through it pretty well. We were laughing and making jokes and having a good time. Um, Just like I asked for prayer for, I asked if um, they could pray over us to, you know, not be too hard on ourselves during this funeral. And we weren't, I come home, the enemy works quickly and efficiently. And because I had the day that I landed back in Arizona, I had a close friend of mine killed in a car accident. And it was just bam, 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 one thing after another. And in that moment that I found out that my friend had passed, I said to myself, the enemy is scared now. He is intimidated because now I have a backing of incredible people, incredible godly people, and nothing is impossible for us now that we stand together, now that I stand with them. And so now he's trying to knock me down as quickly as he can to get away from them. And he has tried and tried this year to knock me away from them, but it has only gotten me closer to them. And I recently got baptized. It was the same day I opened up my doggy daycare. And um, the, well, to go back to the doggy daycare a, a little bit this summer, I've had this doggy daycare business plan and blueprint and everything about this. I've had it for going on eight years now. I've had it since I was a senior in college. It was my end of the year project. And this summer, the Lord just kind of had it pop up in my Google Drive for literally no reason. There was no reason why it should have been where it was. And I called my mom and I said, hey, I think God is telling me it's time to open Desert Pups. And she was like, I've been waiting for you to say that let's do it. And so anytime that we have gone three steps forward with this business, we have been punched in the gut eight steps back. And that is not an exaggeration because we are still trying to get through some of our junk that we have to get through. But every time that we do get pushed back, there is one, a lesson learned in all of it. But two, there is so much joy And so much understanding that this is not the end. This is just the beginning for our business, just beginning for this franchise. And uh, once I got baptized, my pastors prayed over my shop as well. And they both said, this is going to be monumental, Maddie. Like, this is going to be huge. And we are so proud of you because we feel the energy going around you. And the enemy is trying to poke you. He's trying to poke you where it hurts. He's trying to get you where it's easy to get you. But you are resisting every single time. And just hearing that affirmation of, okay, so other people can see the, in my battles, and not that we need to, you know, rely on man's affirmation. It is nice to hear from pastors in my in my regard to hear that um, I am pushing forward. I am doing exactly what I need to do. To shut up the enemy and bring glory to God, and I mean, I've I've had a lot of tribulations in my life. Both of my older brothers—not um, the one that uh, inspired me to get into church and everything—but two of my other brothers passed away when I was very young. Um, my mother had a great deal of a very rare um, illness that is out here in the desert, and she almost died when I was three or four years old, and I cannot imagine. What my life would be without my mother. Um, my parents have been divorced um, now twenty years, and I've had all these very hard trials in life that I'm sure no one is a stranger to. But God has provided every time, and it's so strange to say it to somebody that doesn't that doesn't standing in my shoes of. Yeah, this has all happened. I've witnessed a terrorist attack. I've seen people die. I've seen awful things. I've been through sexual assault. I've seen the worst and the worst of humanity. My dad was a cop. My mom was a child psychologist. So I can only imagine what kind of things that they had to see on a daily basis. And it's a lot. But because of these ugly things that the enemy likes to throw our way and likes to interrupt, he doesn't realize how how close we get to god in those moments and it's it truly is just a mind-boggling thing of i love to talk about seeing the silver linings in the storm and th- and that's god <laughs> every single time that's our lord he is the one that provides us a silver lining in every single storm And it's really up to us whether or not we want to chase after it or just sit in the rain and get sopping wet, (laughs) but it's there. It's always been there and it always will be there. And I just, it's, it it, don't get me wrong. It's very hard in the hard times whenever it's, you know, a catastrophe and you, you don't want to see the good and you just want to stay upset. But those are the moments I have always grown closer to God. Those are the moments that I have always found a reason to believe in him and believe in a bigger plan than what's happening right now. And I mean, my mom found Christianity when my second brother died. I mean, at that point, she had two children die out of three. How can you have the capacity to believe in God in that point? That's what I used to say when I was younger. And now that I have been through life and I have been through a lot of traumatic events, I could totally understand it now. But for an, a regular person, non-believer that doesn't understand that, they're just like, yeah, I, I wouldn't believe in God either. And um, so I definitely get that kind of resilience and understanding from my mother. Absolutely. And I'm just thankful that now my father goes to church every Wednesday. He goes to his cowboy church in his small town. And my mom participates in the live streams for my church. And my family's getting actively involved in church again. And it it just takes a little time for that one little seed to grow. That the one little seed that my stepbrother planted in me when he was 18 years old for 20 years later, for the person I am today and all the blessings I am constantly receiving on the daily basis. Um it it takes a while, but it's not for nothing for sure. And I just think that my life has been a huge continuation of God's goodness and God's grace in the hardest of times. He has brought me the most beautiful things that I Never thought I would have like my niece Amelia. She is my world, and she is my dedication. I dedicate my my Christianity to her future. I want to be the seed that is planted in her as well. Like my brother, like her father was for me. Uh, she, like I said, they live in a very godly household. They're they're not out um, of church or by any means. They they're very actively participating. But I also want to be a secondary role model for her to be like, you. when you grow up, you're going to be a strong, independent woman that relies solely on Christ and Christ alone. And you will feel his goodness even through the pain that you might feel later on. So I've, I'm just a very blessed person with no reason to be, but I... I work hard at my face. It, it, it takes some work. I'm not going to lie, but it's, it's not for nothing. No, I love your story. And I, and the,
2: the one, is, uh, there was so much in there, like it was jam packed with so much goodness. Uh, I'm sorry to compare the rain, but <laughs> this is Florida after all. But one of the things that you touched on when you were talking about your church and it not, being, uh, the teaching not being around religion, it really it, it reminds me of how important it is that we understand that it's not about religion; it's about a relationship, and God is all about a relationship. And so, you know, with your experience with the, the kids in your in your college, and them expecting that you should know the scripture. Is that, was that more important to them to know the scripture than it was to have their relationship with God? We'll never know because we don't have those conversations. But you know, it's important to to even to look back at that. And then when you brought it full circle to talking about how your mom found, you know, a life in Christ after the passing of your second brother, you know, it's like the the story of the mustard seed, you know, in Mark 4, 30 32, when they talk about the 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 mustard seed being the smallest of the the seeds and it grows into this huge, huge plant, right? It's like the, uh, how Jesus taught about like how the church could start out small and, and would grow and spread throughout the world, like have overwhelming numbers of followers. And though it might seem in the world that there's a lot of people, there's not as many people who follow the teachings of Christ. It doesn't mean that that's not a possibility. Um, And, but I love the fact that you talk about your family because now it's, you know the seed that grew within you is now growing within your mom, which is growing within your father. I mean, there's this beautiful relationship that you each have with God, and when you do Passover into the next the next phase of your existence, you know, into heaven, and the three of you meet up again, and you're going to have so much joy to share with each other, and the journeys that it took for you to get there, regardless of where you are today. Like regardless of your parents not being together, they still found purpose and and I love your story too because you know we talked about how you had written about this this dream of this doggy daycare and you planned it out. Uh you had the plan, the desire, the how, you know, the the bones of it if you will already decided and yet that was put away for uh, for a later date or you don't even know if you would have happened upon it, but somehow that you got back to it. So how did you get back to finding that that note that you had written around this business?
3: Uh, for Desert Pups, um, it's been saved into my Google Drive on my college account. And um, I, for some reason, this summer, I was going through... I had a pop-up saying that your Google storage is super high, delete things or upgrade. So I I logged in for the first time in years. Um, I was at my job at the time and I was going through it and randomly. So Leslie, you know this, um, whenever we wrote uh, becoming an unstoppable woman, um, you probably had a ton of pages and things to go through and saved them wherever you needed to. And, for some reason in my folder of becoming an unstoppable woman, my desert pups folder got merged into that. And so I went through my unstoppable woman stuff of seeing stuff that I, I could delete from there. And for some reason, Desert my folder of desert pups was in there and I opened it up. I read through it and I, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty impressed with myself <laughs> and the kind of details I had in it. and. I just like instantly I felt like a warmness in my stomach in my stomach. It was like a, a like a light turning on in my stomach. And I was like, Mom, <laughs> I think I'm supposed to start Desert Pups now. And she was just like, Good. I know you were. And I mean, we have a, a lot of reasonings in our own minds of, as to why I didn't start before, like with COVID and the pandemic, maybe we wouldn't have survived through that. And maybe I needed this kind of crash around us, uh, in order to thrive in a franchise like this. So I'm just, yeah, it's all, you know, the inner workings of God. (laughs) I, I I wish I knew, but I also know that like, I, I do know he just, you just made it happen. He just made it put be put there that day, so.
2: I love that. Well, I really appreciate that you came on today, Madison, and you shared your story. I think it's really important that, um, you know, that women just realize that dreams don't have to die, but maybe yeah. it's just not the right timing. And if it's meant to be, it's like God was giving you a little nudge. He was saying, oops, by the way, you dropped this. And you're like, oh, what is that? And you revisit an older thought that now you're ready to step into. As you said, it merged into your folder of becoming an unstoppable woman, which has allowed you now. I and mean, you've been on that journey of becoming an unstoppable woman through so your life. Right. You know, all of the things that you've gone through. I think that's phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. One last What would you say to the young women who are listening in today to inspire them about never giving up on their dreams, even the ones that may reveal themselves to them years later?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that question kind of wraps up what my whole life has been. (laughs) Uh, I have been that young woman uh, that was lost in the worst ways and trying to find my value through very earthly, materialistic things. And I would just say that in the moments where you think you are alone, you're not in the moments where you don't feel like there's anybody to talk to. There is, um, he's, God, isn't just going to appear to you when you are actively avoiding him because he's, he's there. He's just, he just is there. So there's no need to reappear. And I just, I would say that you need to really sit down with yourself. And I, I, this sounds kind of silly, but there's this lyric from a new Taylor Swift song that says, I, I would look directly in the sun before I look directly in the mirror. And that just kind of shows that in my, in my way of thinking, that's you looking away from God and looking at, things that will actively hurt you versus looking at something that's going to heal you, that's going to bring you life, that's going to bring you love and healing and more capacities than you could ever imagine. And the first step that I believe to get there is just to talk to him. It doesn't need to be some formal prayer where you sit down and meditate and sit aside 30 plus minutes. Just talk to him while you're driving, talk to him while you're at work, talk to him while you're eating. And he will show you his goodness in, in the timing that he knows will benefit you. And the timing that we as humans would never comprehend in our tiny little brains and just know that it's all in his hands. And the first step is just addressing him. The first step is just to look directly at him and say, God, I need you. God, now is the time that I need you. Here I am. And here are all my worries. Here are my anxieties. Lay them at the foot of the cross and he will bear them. Anytime, anywhere, any day. And it took 26 years to learn that. Uh, I felt, like I said at the very beginning, I felt selfish. I felt like, oh, there's people that have bigger needs than me. No need is too small or too big for God to handle. Always remember that. And it it could just be that you would like to have some extra money to celebrate the weekend. It, It could just be little things that you just want to pray for, want to pray about. It doesn't, you don't have to feel shame or guilt for what you pray for, because he'll provide it as long as you're asking for it. So,
0: yeah.
2: Oh, I appreciate that so much. What a beautiful share. Um, Definitely was so great having you on. I am sure that the listeners are are going to be blown away by your story. I'm sure they found great wisdom in what you shared. I truly believe that when you, sometimes it is divine timing, and so never to give up on your dreams, especially those that maybe at the time that you wrote them you weren't ready for it and like again we don't know what God's plan is the purpose the path ahead he can see the way ahead And sometimes yeah. we want to rush it and so sometimes he is trying to say stop wait I will provide for you I promise and so I love that um be fair ladies uh gentlemen if you're listening to so check the show notes for all the ways you can get in touch with Madison uh she's- so amazing. She's such an amazing young woman. I've had the pleasure of knowing her for a little over a year now. And I'm really super excited to get to building our connection more. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and a beautiful week ahead. And I will see you all again next
1: time. Thank you so much for spending time with me today and sharing your energy with me. I would love to stay in touch. So let's connect please follow me on Facebook and Instagram. If you liked this episode and what you are learning, please head over to whatever platform you are listening to this podcast on and give me some love so that I can reach more people and help them. And if you want to have a conversation around what you are learning because you feel like you could use a little more insight or possibly see what working with me could look like for you, then be sure to reach out to me at lesliegoodettcoaching at gmail.com. And let's set up a quick 15-minute chat. For now, I'll see you next time.
0: Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soulwin, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soulwin women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.